Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. David got a lot of kids. And in Hebron, he has six. Right here, he has six of them. And I'm confident that David, how have the mighty fallen? I'm confident that David has never had a happy home. Think about it. Six women in one kitchen. Ladies, you know that ain't happening. Then Solomon, (laughs) then Solomon, like father, like son, has 300 wives and 700 concubines. Do y'all understand that's a thousand mother-in-laws? <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Im- imagine that. A thousand mother-in-laws. Verse 4. The men of Judah came and anointed David king over Judah. Now, in 1 Samuel 16, you know this. I know you know this because you heard about it in Sunday school many times. The prophet Samuel came to Jesse. Had all the boys line up, pass and review. Abinadad, nope. Is he chosen one? Uh, Eliab, nope. All the boys goes pass and review. They sent for David, who was out in the field with the sheep. David comes in, and Sammy takes a bucket of oil and anoints David with oil. That was 20 years ago. And now the nation comes, and David, look at verse 4. David is not laboring or sweating in the field. He's just being in the place that God called him to be in Hebron in union. And this whole scene says this is God's work and God's promise, not man. The Bible tells us they anointed David king over the house of Judah, and they told David the men of Jabesh Gilead were the ones to bury Saul. Well, in verses 5 through 7, go ahead and peruse it with me. David is being very diplomatic and showing gratitude to the men of Jabesh Gilead for their kindness to the memory of Saul and Jonathan. And David says, I appreciate what you've done. You have my support. I want you to know that I'm here if you need me. Notice David talks about the house of Judah. That would include the Benjamites. Saul was a Benjamite. Now, let's pick up in verse 8. We're going to take this in little pieces because it's kind of, you know, it can get tricky. So we're just going to take it in pieces and then you'll understand it better. All right. Second Samuel, look at verse 8, chapter 2, verse 8. But Abner in verse 8, you look at verse 8, say amen. But Abner, the son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Maham, that place. And he made him king over Gilead. Oh, I got that one. Over the Asherites. Got that one too. Over Jezreel, over Ephraim, and over Benjamin, and over all of Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was 40 years old when he began to reign over Israel, and he reigned two years. Only the house of Judah followed David. And the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was how many years, saints? 
and how many months? Right, seven years, six months, or a year and a half. Now, or seven years and a half. Now, we come to but. When you see but in Scripture, it usually means trouble. The Bible tells us, but Abner, the commander of Saul's army. Bible students, what does Abner mean? Tell me. Son of Ner. Son of Ner. Remember, Abba, Abba, father, son of Ner. Abner was a commander of Saul's army. Actually, Abner was Saul's cousin and should have died with Saul. You might remember in 1 Samuel chapter 26, Saul and Abner are asleep, and David came into the camp. You guys remember this? And David came into the camp and took Saul's spear and his camel back, and David got a safe distance away. That's the water jug. David got a safe distance away, and he said to Saul, who's that guy that's supposed to be looking after you? He's like yelling. Who's that guy supposed to be looking after you? He's not doing a good job. David said, I came in and took your spear and your water jug, and Abner didn't know. Now listen, when David killed Goliath, Saul said to Abner, who's that boy? So Abner and David go way back. That's my point. And they've known each other for years. And Abner has known for a long time that God has a calling on David's life. Abner took Ishbosheth, Saul's 40-year-old son, and made him king over other tribes. Ishbosheth, if you're taking notes, means man of shame. Man of shame. Now, this is the first time we hear of him. Abner takes Ishbosheth, and he brought him to that place. And made him king over Gilead and over the Asherites and over Jezreel and over Ephraim and over Benjamin and over all of Israel. Ishbosheth may have been crowned by the general Abner, but he was never anointed by the Lord. Abner has his own agenda. And Abner, are you listening? Has his own ambition, much like Saul. He's playing the fool like Saul. Because he's fighting against God. So Ishbosheth reigned two years, but everybody began to follow David. Ishbosheth reigned for two years, and David reigned for seven and a half years in Hebron. Now, I want you to see something, saints. David becomes an interesting picture of Jesus. Note the similarities between David and Jesus. Like David, the shepherd, Jesus came first as a humble servant. And was anointed king privately. Like David, Jesus is king today, but doesn't yet reign on the throne of David until later. He is Lord of all by divine designation, but all things are not yet put under his feet. Like David in Judah, Jesus first presented himself to Judah. Like David's kingdom was set up in degrees, Jesus' kingdom is set up little by little. Like Saul in David's day, Satan is still free to obstruct God's work and oppose God's people. But later, you know, Satan will be bound because we have already gotten the victory because Jesus died on the cross and we got the victory. So we see the similarities there. Now, look at verse 12. Now, Abner, the son of Ner, you looking at verse 12. Now, Abner, the son of Ner and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went out from Mahanaim. Thank you, Jesus. 
I've been saying that all day. Mahanaim. Gotcha. Now Abner, the son of Ner, and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went out from Mahanaim to Gibeon. And Joab, the son of Zerah, and the servants of David went out and met them by the pool of Gibeon. Watch this. You're going to love it. So they sat down, one on one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. And then Abe and Abner said to Joab, let the young men now arise and compete before us. And Joab said, let them arise. And so they arose and they went over by number, 12 from Benjamin, followers of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and 12 from the servants of David. And each one grasped his opponent by the head and thrust his sword into his opponent's side. So they, the idea is, all fell down together. Therefore, that place was called the field of sharp swords, which is in Gibeon. So there was a very fierce battle that day, and Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. Abner and Ishbosheth went from Mahanaim to Gibeon, and Joab, the son of Zurah, and the servants of David sat around the pool. Now, when we think of David, the youngest of eight sons, uh, we forget or um, we don't account for. In First Chronicles chapter 2, verse 16, we are told that David has an older sister. The older sister, her name is Zorah, and she has three boys, and their names are Abishai, Joab, and Ashiel. Uh, they are David's nephews. Now, this might be one of those situations where the uncle is younger than the nephews because the sister is so much older. You know, I know people where a teenager is looking at Uncle Bud in the crib. Amen. That's on a whole nother level, all right? So these boys are David's nephews. We're going to leave that alone. Leave it alone. So these boys are David's nephews. Now, verse 13 tells us that Joab and the servants of David met by the pool. And Abner and his soldiers are on one side of the pool. And Joab and his soldiers are on the other side of the pool. And man, what I wouldn't give to have a DVD of this situation. Abner and Joab are probably mean mugging each other. Verse 14, Abner, are y'all picking this up? Challenges Joab to a sword fight between 12 men from each side. Abner said to Joab, let the young men compete before us. So 12 from Ishbosheth and 12 from David. And this was uh, just a really, really sick game to them to let the young men fight it out. Verse 16 is pretty graphic, isn't it? They grabbed each other's heads and pushed a sword into each other and they all dropped down at the same time dead and they called the place the field of sharp swords now look at verse 18 now the three sons of Zorah were there Joab I just told you Abishai and Ashiel and Ashiel was as fleet of foot as a wild gazelle so Ashiel pursued after Abner and then going he did not turn to the right or to the left from following after Abner. And then Abner looked behind him and said, are you Ashiel? And he answered, I am. And Ashiel said to him, 
turn aside to your right hand or to your left hand and lay hold on one of the young men and take the armor for yourself like one of the guys that's dead. Get their stuff. But Ashiel would not turn aside from running after Abner. So Abner said again to Ashiel, look, man, turn aside from following me. Stop chasing me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How then could I face your brother? However, in verse 23, you're looking at it. He refused to turn aside. Therefore, Abner struck him in the stomach with the blunt end of the spear so that the spear came out of his back. And he fell down and he died on the spot. And so it was that as many as came to the place where Ashiel fell down and died, stood still. Now, saints, give me your attention. The brothers of Zorah. Um, or the sons of Zorah, uh, Abishai, Joab, Ashiel. Ashiel could run really fast. He was, the Bible tells us, he had fleet of foot. Um, it doesn't sound much like a guy term, does it? Fleet of foot. You know, sometimes, it doesn't sound like a guy term to me. I mean, a guy term is like, uh, strong as an ox. Big as a beast. Something else. <laughs> I can't think of that. But, you know, fleet of foot. Fleet of foot. It sounds like, you know, he's like light like a ballerina. <laughs> it just does to me. Anyway, verse 19 tells us, Ashiel started running toward his brother, and he didn't turn to the right or to the left. He just kept running after him. Abner is running. Are y'all getting this scene in your mind's eye? Abner is running and looking behind and fleet foot is catching up and Abner said stop chasing me Abner said stop chasing me take what you want from the other soldiers but uh, fleet foot kept running after Abner and Abner said listen man turn aside I don't want to kill you how could I kill you and then face your brother in verse 22 and then in verse 23 he kept coming and he caught up to Abner and then Abner listen uses the oldest trick in the battle playbook he stopped suddenly and allowed Ashiel to run right into the end of the spear. Now, in those days, the end of the spear was sharp so that it could stand up in the ground. You could take your spear and just go. And it would stand up in the ground because it was sharp. So he stops, turns around, and Fleetfoot is running so fast, he can't stop. I told you, it's the, like battle Ground playbook, the usual move. Just stop, turn around, turn the sword just like that, and he, boom, ran right into it. And it went through his back, in his stomach, out his back. Abner, listen, is a warrior. Remember, we are told in verse 8, Bible students, are you with me? We are told in verse 8 that Abner is the commander of Saul's army. So he is battle tested. He is battle prepared, smart. He's the commander. He's a strategist. And he didn't want to kill him, so he left him no choice. So Abner's a warrior. Ashel runs into the spear. He fell, falls down dead. And everyone who came in that place showed respect. Notice in verse 24, 
Joab, and Abishai also pursued Abner. And the sun was going down when they came to the hill of Ammah, which is before Gaia, by the road to the wilderness of Gibeon. Now in verse 25, the children of Benjamin gathered together behind Abner and became a unit and took their stand on the top of the hill. And then Abner called to Joab and said, Shall the sword devour forever? Do you not know that it would be bitter in the latter end? How long will it be then until you tell the people to return from pursuing their brethren? And Joab said, As God lives, unless you had spoken, surely then by morning all the people would have given up pursuing their brother. So Joab blew a trumpet. And all the people stood still and did not pursue Israel anymore, nor did they fight anymore. And then Abner and his men went on all that night through the plain, crossed over the Jordan, and went through all Bithron, and they came to Mahanaim. You'll also find Mahanaim in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 32. So Joab and Abishai pursued Abner for revenge for their brother. The children of Benjamin become one troop with Abner. They're standing on top of the hill. This is kind of a strategy advantage point. Verse 26, Abner called the Joab and said, listen, we can't keep fighting forever. This will only end in bitterness. We are all Israelites. How long are we going to do this? How long are you guys going to keep chasing me? I warned your brother. He's trying to reason with them. Are y'all getting that? I warned your brother. I didn't want to kill him, but he kept chasing me. I knew things would come to this. I didn't want it. Verse 27, we have two angry brothers and they wanted blood. And Joab wants to give peace a chance. Joab said, as God lives, unless you had spoken, surely then by morning all the people would have given up pursuing. Now, the New Living Translation reads this verse like this. God only knows what would have happened if you hadn't spoken, for we would have chased you all night if necessary. Verse 28 tells us Joab blew a trumpet, which was like calling a ceasefire. And Abner, in verse 29, and his men walked all night and came to Mahanaim. Um, Mahanaim uh, is an important um, place in the Bible. Mahanaim means two camps. It means two camps. Mahanaim is mentioned several times in the Bible. As I mentioned, Genesis 32, Jacob called the place Mahanaim where he met the angels of God. Look at verse 30, and then we're done. So Jacob, or pardon me, Joab, returned from pursuing Abner. And when he had gathered all the people together, there were missing of David's servants. How many men, saints? Uh-huh. And, and who? Uh, Fleetfoot. But the servants of David had struck down of Benjamin and Abner's men, 360 men who died. And then they took up Ashiel, and they buried him in his father's tomb which was in Bethlehem, and Joab and his men went all night, and they came to Hebron at daybreak. Now listen as we close. Second Samuel 2, 17. If you back up to verse 17, you'll see. Abner and the men were beaten by the servants of David. These verses tell us just how bad they were beaten. 
Abner and the army of Ishbosheth lost six three hundred and sixty men, and David and his army lost twenty men. David's men have been battle hardened warriors. I think back to when David put your brain on. Remember when David first met these men? He he met them in a cave. Of anybody know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I come come to church and get tested, huh? Cave of Adullam. He met them in the cave of Adullam. And when he met them, they were not trained warriors. They were not uh, battle-tested, hardened men. The Bible says that they were distressed, in debt, and discontent. Like some of y'all. I'm not going to ask you to say amen. Right? So they weren't battle tested. They weren't battle hardened. They weren't uh, warriors as they are now. But, and I don't think that Abner and the army of Ishbosheth had any idea what they were getting involved in. David's men were tough. But we also have to remember by attacking David, and from this point forward, keep this in your head by attacking David and fighting against, by attacking David, you're fighting against God. Huh? Why? Because God's anointing is on David. So now when you fight with David, you actually fight with God, and guess who loses? Somebody once said it, didn't they? Your arm's too short to box with God. It's true. So David has the Lord on his side. Now they're coming against God's will. Of course, the Bible says, if God be for us, then what, saints? Who can be against us? And then I just want you to peek. I want you to peek. Look at um, look at uh, chapter um, look at uh, chapter three. Just want it's kind of woven right into chapter two. You see it, but I want you to look at it. just peek there. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, and David did what? And Saul did what? Or the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. The increasing strength of David and the increasing weakness of Saul or his house did not begin when Saul died. The increasing weakness began. Come go with me fast. Well, rewind to first Samuel chapter 16. Here's where the weakness began. It didn't begin when Saul died. That's what I want you to know. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, then we won't be done. I'm going to let y'all go get out this coal. 1 Samuel chapter 16, and look at verse uh, 13 and 14. Here's where the weakness began. Then Saul took the horn of oil and oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and he went to Ramah, but the spirit of the Lord, y'all see that? Departed from Saul. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. You see, the anointing departed from Saul many, many, many years ago, many, many chapters ago. This is where his house began uh, to weaken. So when we read in um, 2 Samuel uh, chapter, actually it's chapter 3, 
that uh, David grew stronger and the, and the house of Saul grew weaker. Oh, that happened many, many, many chapters ago. I don't want you to miss um, the next chapter because David, um, his life gets interesting as he um, starts getting married. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, he, he actually starts getting married um, six times. Um, I don't know. He's a man after God's own heart. I didn't say it. God said it. And because um, and, uh, God's looking at the heart. We should be glad about that. Man looks at the outward. What? God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.